If you will, let's go ahead and take our Bibles here this morning and let's turn to Proverbs chapter number 18. Proverbs chapter number 18. And I don't know how long I'll be this morning, but we'll just take however long it is and you might get out of here early enough to beat uh, some of the other crowd, the Shonies or wherever it is you go and eat. Or, but uh, I don't know, they may beat you. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> but anyhow, it is good to be in church. I can't think of a much better place to be than right where you're at on a Sunday morning. I mean, I guess heaven would probably be the, about the best place to be after that. But, uh, well, you remember to set your clocks back. That's good. That's good. I meant to remind you Wednesday night, and I forgot. But anyhow, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you made it. And uh, you wasn't going to be late for church anyway, was you? So that's good. All right, Proverbs chapter number 18. I just want to read one verse for our text this morning, and I want to give you just several thoughts that I've got. They probably, the points will go pretty quick, so just take your notes real quick and we'll move right along and, and uh, just allow the Lord to be able to, you may not use all of these, but there may be some things in here that you can take and use and you can glean from, and I think you'll understand what I'm talking about when we get into the message, and then you'll see that, well, maybe that doesn't fit to me, but then maybe it might one day, or maybe there's something that you you could glean from that would have helped you sometime back. And, you know, just never know how the Lord may speak to us. It's an amazing thing how God can take one message and on, a, on a particular subject, but he can speak to 70 or 80 hearts. I mean, that, only God can do that. I mean, I, I don't know your need this morning. The Holy Spirit does. And that's, that's how that works. And so it's a miracle in and of itself when it comes to preaching, isn't it? Really is. All right, Proverbs chapter 18, and we're going to read one verse for our text. It'll be the last verse. Verse number 24, Proverbs 18, verse 24, Solomon said, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh, sticketh closer than a brother. I want to focus on the last part of that verse right there this morning where it says, There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I believe we'd all agree that when it comes to marriage, you need to be a friend. I believe we all agree that you probably need to be best friends with your mate, with your spouse, with your husband, or with your wife. Um, the Bible teaches that when a man and a woman gets married, that the two become one. I would say that makes you closer than just a friend, for that matter, but you better make sure that you are a friend. Now, if everyone, if every man, let me put it that way, would love his wife like he loved himself, then I believe our marriages would do a lot better. Wouldn't you agree? That's Ephesians chapter number 5. And then vice versa as well. Uh, to the young people this morning, first and foremost, you ought to put your love for Jesus Christ first. That's number one. Before you love anybody else, before any other relationships, Jesus Christ is number one. If you get that one wrong and then you go get married, then the marriage is going to be wrong. So you need to have that one right first. So you love Jesus first. Love mom and dad before you decide to love the opposite sex. Learn to love people before you learn to love the opposite sex. Now, the best way to have a good friendship with him or her after you are married is to make sure that you have a good friendship before you're married. I believe that makes sense. I mean, because if you're arguing and fussing and fighting and bickering before you get married, I assure you that marriage does not make that any better. It'll only amplify what's going on. And so you want to make sure that you're good friends with the one whom you intend to marry. Now, here is an important thing to understand. Friendship is a choice. You choose who to be friends with. I choose to be friends with my friends. It's not that they get to choose to be friends with me. I choose to be friends with them. Now, they can choose to be friends with me or not, you know, either way, but you can't make somebody be your friend. Isn't that right? 
I mean, you must be a friend to them first, then they may choose to be your friend. If you'll notice in our text, he says in verse 24, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. So if you want somebody to be your friend, then you're going to have to be friends to them. You can't come off as this overbearing jerk that wants to control everybody and think that you're going to have a lot of friends because you're not. It doesn't work that way. People avoid people like that, by the way. If people avoid you, that ought to be a sign. You know, it ought to be a sign. You chalk it up and say, well, it's just because I'm an old Bible believer. No, it's because you're a jerk is what it is. And you need to learn that and understand that. Friends become important. There's times when you're going to have issues in your life that God's going to bring your friend by your way. It's really going to help you and pick you up and lift you up and help carry you, maybe even over the finish line. Because the Bible says that there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And so there's somebody, a friend that's going to help you to get across that finish line. So if you're married and you don't have a friendship, then you must first build that friendship. You should make sure that you exchange friendship first before you exchange wedding vows. I believe that's a a good statement right there, or exchange wedding rings. Now, exchange friendship before wedding rings. Now, today what I want to do is I want to show you that there is in a friendship, or excuse me, that there's marriage in a friendship. That's what I want to show you, that there's marriage in a friendship so that we can be healthy in our marriage. We've got to understand that there's friendship in our marriage. Because if you don't have friendship in your marriage, you can't build a healthy relationship. If you're always fussing and bickering and fighting uncharacteristically, now that's going to happen and we'll talk about that because that goes on in a marriage. But if you don't have that friendship, if you don't have that foundation, then your marriage is going to be on dice it's going, or ice. It's going to be on dice. It's going to be on ice. It's going to be rocky is what it's going to be. So I want to bring a message to you here this morning entitled, A Friend That Sticketh Closer Than a Brother. I believe a spouse would be closer than a brother, wouldn't you? And so a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Number one, if you'll allow me here, first of all, I'd like to say this, that when we become friends with our spouse, we should be friends forever. When you become friends with your spouse, you ought to become friends forever. The Bible said in Proverbs 27 and verse number 10, Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Now, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that marriage should be forever. That's what marriage should be. Marriage should last forever. You know, when you go down before the preacher and you say, uh, you know, until death do us part, I mean, you ought to mean that. You know, it ought to mean something to you when you make that vow. It ought to mean something because you're making that vow not only before people that's there, but you're making that vow not only before people, uh, before the preacher, but you're making that vow before God. You're making that promise. Marriage should be until death do us part. Now, you should not forsake your husband or you should not forsake your wife. Now, maybe some of you have been through a divorce. Maybe you've already been through one. And my intentions here this morning is not to hurt you. I promise you that. But you know what? We've got young people sitting in the church building this morning that, that are either married and they're young or they are going to get married at some point And they need this. Now, maybe for some, it might be a little too late, but, but there's those that may need this. So my intention is not to hurt anybody this morning. But divorce, I believe you would agree with me, hurts all around. Hurts everybody around you. Hurts everything around you. Divorce hurts. You know, you never really get over the effects of a divorce. Do you know there's people that have gotten a divorce and it still affects them 10 and 20 and 30 years or maybe even 40 years after, after they've been divorced. And so divorce does have a lasting effect. So don't forsake your, sp- your spouse. 
Don't forsake your spouse emotionally and don't forsake your spouse intimately either. You are to give yourself emotionally and physically. Do you realize that it's a sin to forsake your spouse physically and intimately? That is a sin. So number one, when we become friends with our spouse, we should be friends forever. That ought to be our mindset. If your mindset is, well, I'll get married and then if it don't work out, then well, we'll just get a divorce and no harm, no foul. Then you ought to not even get married. If your idea is you've got a way out when you get in and you don't like the situation you're in and you just want to find the easy way out, then you're not a candidate for marriage. You shouldn't have that mentality like that. And so when we become friends with our spouse, we should be friends forever. Number two, uh, I want to say a friend loves no matter the situation. A friend loves no matter the situation. In Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 17, he says, a friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. So a friend loveth at all times. Now, yes, it is for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, and yes, in sickness and in health. And so a friend loves no matter the situation. Your love should grow so deep that when you get into a fight and you get into an argument, it shouldn't be the first thing you think of is, well, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of this. That shouldn't be the first thing that you think of. If every time you fight and somebody says, well, I'm walking out on you, then that love just isn't deep enough. You're going to have to work it to where it goes deeper than what it is. You know, and that's the way a marriage is. A marriage grows. You know, you ought to love your spouse more today than you did yesterday or the day before or the last year or the 10 years before that. That's the way a marriage works. Why? Because you're building that foundation on that friendship. But it's more than just a friendship. But it is a friendship. But it's more than just a friendship. It's husband and wife. And let me say this, it's man and a woman. <laughs> let me just throw that in there. I know it's sad we live in the day when you got to say that, but the Bible's very clear on that subject. But husbands and wives, you know what? Here, here's, here's, a, here's a news alert. You're going to argue. <laughs> it's going to happen. There's going to be things that are going to happen. You're going to argue. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna disagree. Men and women don't even think the same. And sometimes men and women don't even think at all. <laughs> you know, that's just life. That's a part of it, you know. In Proverbs verse 17 and verse number 17, it says, And a brother is born for adversity. I assure you, if you stay married very long, you're going to have your ups and you're going to have your downs. You're going to have your good times and you're going to have your adversities. But the Bible says here that a brother is born for adversity. And if there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother and we're talking about our spouse, then guess what? Spouses are going to have to go through some adversity. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be my way. You don't get your way in a marriage every single time. I mean, listen, does my wife get on my nerves? Now, she's not here, so y'all better not rat on me now. Does my wife get on my nerves? Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, does, does she spend too much money? Well, maybe sometimes. I mean, do we argue and fuss? Well, sometimes we do. But now let's flip the thing around. Do I get on her nerves? Probably more than she gets on mine, you know? And so that thing could be flipped around. But no matter what, we are to love our spouse regardless. Can we say amen? amen. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm getting some feedback. Are we good this morning? Okay, I mean, I, I think I'm touching a little button here that I think it'll help us if you'll get a hold of this. I believe it could really help your marriage. All right, number three, we're talking about a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Number three, your marriage should be closer than any blood relationship that you have. Your relationship with your spouse ought to be closer than any other relationship that you have except for the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. 
That's first and foremost, isn't it? That's the, the very first relationship. And, and if your marriage is, doesn't start there, then your marriage is, is going to have problems. I assure you that. I remember when we got married, the preacher, uh, don't agree with him doctrinally, but he had a good point when we sat down and talked with him. He drew out a triangle like that right there. And he put God at the top of that thing. And he put my name over here on this corner of the triangle. And he put my wife's name on the other side of the triangle. So we got this triangle and he says that as you grow closer to one another, you're growing closer to God. And I thought, man, that's a pretty good analogy right there. So in that triangle, as you both are growing up and you both grow, you want to grow evenly, you know, so that as you grow closer, you're growing closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible tells us that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. Samuel tells us that. Now, if two men had that kind of friendship and that kind of relationship and they were that close, then imagine how much closer God expects for a husband and a wife to be in their relationship when the Bible says that the two become one flesh. I believe that's an important point to be made here. So your marriage should be closer than any other blood relationship that you have. You are to be close to your mom. You are to be close to your dad. But you better make sure that you're closer to your husband or you're closer to your wife than you are anybody else. You got to make sure. Listen, I'm just trying to help you this morning. I mean, if you don't want the medicine, you don't want the help, that's, that's not on me. I'm just giving you what, the, what, what I believe will help you to remedy some of your problems. Now, I can't fix all of your problems. Because you know what? Pride enters into that thing sometimes. And if pride enters into a marriage, then man, you got trouble. You got trouble. And I can give you advice all day long, but until you get, get that pride and get rid of it and get it forsaken, then I can't help you much. But, but you better make sure that you're closer to your spouse than you are anybody else. I mean, if it come down to it, you better make sure you pick your spouse over your mom or your dad. Amen. Too many marriages are, are messed up and have ended up in a divorce because mommy and daddy thought they knew what was best for their daughter or their son and they kept sticking their nose in the marriage and the marriage wouldn't work and it kept messing the thing up. Amen to that. And if you are a mom or a dad or a grandmother or grandfather, keep your stinking nose out of your kid's marriage. Let them fail and let them work it out. Let them fail and let them work it out. Man, it's rough, I know, to sit back and you got the answer and you're like, well, I wish that they would just do this and if they would do that, yeah, but that's their business, not your business. You didn't enter into the marriage agreement when they decided they were going to get married. Amen. <laughs> amen. amen. I don't know, maybe it's just I'm being too loud and I can't hear the amens, but I hear one or two anyway. I like to know that I'm being backed up a little bit here. Help me out a little bit. You know, but your marriage should be closer than any other relationship that you have. All relationships are important, but outside of Jesus Christ, your marriage relationship should be the most important. Now, some husbands get mad because every time there's a fight, she runs off to talk to somebody else about it. But let me just give you a point. Maybe if she felt like she could come to you and talk to you, then she would and she wouldn't have to run to somebody else. Some of you are staring at me like you've never heard good preaching like this before, even if I am doing it. It'll help you. It'll help your marriage. It'll help your relationship. You ought to have a friendship with your spouse that lasts for all eternity. And along the way, when you do that, you're going to have to realize some of these other things that I'm giving you. And so now a woman shouldn't run to another man for comfort either. You get into an argument with your husband, you don't run to some, uh, some other man and get comfort from him. Or if you get in an argument with your wife, you don't run to some other woman to get comfort. I don't agree with that, not even a, just a little bit. I don't agree with it at all. You shouldn't run to an, the opposite sex to get comfort because you're at your most vulnerable point and there are some wicked people out there that'll take an advantage of that. 
I assure you there are. You say, well, I can just talk to him down at the workplace. He's just such a nice, kind guy, and I can just tell him my secrets and stuff like that. You better be careful. I worked in the workplace. I know what it's like. I see how they function. I see how they work. Yeah, certainly do. And, but anyway, I, I could say some more comments on that. But husbands and wives are to be friends. And it shouldn't be just a physical relationship either. Because if all you have is just your marriage is based on a physical relationship, as you get older, that physical slows down. And then eventually a physical might not be there at all and you're just going to be sitting there staring at one another <laughs> or staring at the walls. You better make sure you build a friendship so that when you get to your 60s and your 70s and your 80s that you've got something that will last far beyond the physical. And so your marriage should be closer than any blood relationship that you have. Then number four, a friend will learn to respond the right way to another friend's moods. A friend will learn to respond the right way to another friend's moods. Now, this is, this is you, you have to learn your spouse, just like you have to learn other people. You know, you know, as we're coming to church together and we've, over the past couple of years, we've learned each other and we know the different things about so-and-so and this and that, and we've learned this about other people. And so that's the way it is in a marriage. You, there's no way that you can wake up every day with somebody and not learn them unless you are just out of your head. I mean, you, you figure out what they like, what they don't like. You figure out how they respond to certain issues and how they don't respond correctly to certain issues. You, you learn those things as you go along. But a friend will learn to respond the right way to another friend's moods. Proverbs 27 and verse 14 said, He that blesseth his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. Now, I've used this point before, but, um, but what happens is it's 5 o'clock in the morning, right? And your wife's sound asleep in the bed. And you sneak over to the edge of the bed and you go, wake up! She's probably not going to be too happy, is she? The Bible said, he that blesseth his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it shall be counted a curse to him. And it's going to be more than a curse. It's going to be a few curses probably. I mean, it's not going to be good. We should learn how to approach people. We shouldn't be moody. You know, one of the things is that, I, and, and I was in the workplace, and I, I, I learned there was people that, that you had to watch. You had to watch out. I mean, when you work with people, you know, we had 200 and some employees at one point in our plant. You had to learn how you dealt with some people because they were moody. I mean, they, I mean you were on a roller coaster ride every day you punched the time card and went in and had to work around some people. It was just an emotional roller coaster. Their life was in a mess. They didn't know Jesus Christ and they had all kinds of problems and then you'd just try to help them a little bit and they'd just snap back at you. Okay, okay, I'm just trying to help. Okay, so you learn who you can be friends with and who not to be friends with. But we shouldn't be moody. Your friends shouldn't be on that emotional roller coaster. It shouldn't be that your husband comes home from work and he comes straight home and walks in the door and he opens the door up real quiet, you know, and he's tiptoeing in thinking, I wonder what mood she's going to be in today. Shouldn't be that way at all. But you know, there are some marriages that are like that. The husband don't know. Well, I'm going to go home to my wife. I don't know what kind of mood she's going to be in today. <laughs> you know, I shook the mattress this morning before I left, so she's probably still mad at me. I don't know, but, but it shouldn't be that way. But there are times that we are. I mean, aren't we all moody at times? I'm not justifying it. I'm just trying to be practical about it. I mean, there's times when we're all moody. So what we need to learn to do is we need to learn to study our spouses so that we know how to handle our spouses. Learn when they're down to pick them up. And you should never play or toy with their emotions in a certain direction so you can get a certain outcome. 
Now, you may understand that, you may not, but I just wanted to throw that out there because that's just as wicked as, as the devil. But you learn them and you adjust to them. But listen, I know there's some people out there and they're just so moody and you can't learn them. You're not going to learn them. And I feel sorry for you if you're married to somebody like that because it is like an emotional roller coaster that takes you down to the gates of hell and back. That's some marriages right there. And I'm sorry that it's that way. I'm sorry that you're married to somebody like that. It shouldn't be that way. But we should work hard to protect one another. We should work hard to protect one another's spirits. I mean, don't dump a bunch of negative stuff on your, on your wife. Uh, one of the things that, that I do not do is I don't dump a bunch of negative stuff about this church on my wife. I refuse to do that. I'm the pastor. I'm the one that should carry the high blood pressures of this church. I'm the pastor. I'm the one that should carry the gray hairs of this church, not my wife. I know some of you will say, you, 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 she, my wife's told me, she'll say, well, I'm sure the preacher's probably told you, but dot, 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 dot. And she's like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I don't dump a lot of that stuff on her. She goes to work, has a child, takes care of the home and stuff like that. She's got her job. I've got my job. I carry my stresses. I carry those things. I don't dump all that stuff on her. So sometimes you may go to her and say, well, I'm certain that he's told her. No, maybe he hasn't. Maybe he hasn't. There's just some things I'm just not going to dump on her a bunch of negative stuff. Now, I do know this. I know that at one time the statistics showed that finances were the number one cause of divorce in America. So then what that tells me is that when it comes to payday and bill paying time, you're going to have to be careful when you're around him. You know, like when he's sitting there and he sees all this money come in and then he sees all this money go out, he's not going to feel very good at that moment. So you're not going to go up and slap him on the back and say, tear up, bud. It's going to be all right. You're not going to do that. That's not the time to do that. You're going to have to learn your spouse's moods, right? He's not in a very good mood because all this money's come and gone like that. You know, it's a tough day for him. But a true friend will also not throw salt on the wound. A true friend will try to help. And sometimes the help is to be nice. And sometimes the help is just to keep our mouths closed. Isn't that right? You learn to keep your mouth closed at times. See, sometimes that's the problem in a marriage. Nobody knows how to keep their mouths closed. When, when the tensions get high, when the anger gets up, you know, sometimes we just need to chill. Just chill. I mean, don't, we just need to get our spirit under control. You know, one of the things is, don't be a ticking time bomb. Boy, nothing worse than being married to a ticking time bomb. You know, just ready to explode. And, and sometimes they're just looking for a reason to go, boom, just to explode. They're looking for that. But it ought not be that way. Don't be a ticking time bomb. I mean, listen, maybe the greatest attack in America didn't take place at Pearl Harbor. Maybe the greatest attack in America didn't pl take place on September the 11th of 2001. But maybe the greatest attack in America on our home spiritually is when a husband or a wife is a ticking time bomb that just waiting to explode in the home. Maybe that's the, the greatest destruction that takes place. Somebody said one time that marriage is an institution where a man loses his bachelor's degree and the woman gets her master's degree. <laughs> Another fellow said marriage is the thing that puts a ring on the woman's finger and two rings under the man's eyes. <laughs> Somebody else said marriage requires a man to prepare for four types of rings. Engagement ring, wedding ring, suffering, and enduring. <laughs> Oh, married life is full of excitement. It really is. I mean, man, I can tell you that marriage, it, it's a great thing. If God gives you the right woman or gives you the right man, marriage can be a great thing. But marriage can also be full of a lot of frustration too. It can be full of a lot of frustration. First year, the man speaks 
and the woman listens. The second year, the woman speaks and the man listens. And the third year, they both speak so loudly that the neighbors listen. (laughs) And sometimes that's just marriage, you know, that's just being married, but that's being a friend in married life. Now, let's learn to respond the right way to our spouse's moods. Then number five, a spouse who is a real friend will be a friend even when they are a sinner. You see, you married that boy or you married that girl thinking, man, we grew up in church together or they went to this church and grew up and went to a Christian school and man, they're just perfect, right? Till you get married and then a little while later, I mean, for a while they might be perfect in your eyes, but eventually you're gonna start to see some blemishes and you're gonna start to see that, oh, they sin. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Why? Because I mean, nobody's perfect, right? Nobody's sinless. In Matthew eleven nineteen, 19, the Bible said the son of man came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Don't be shocked to find out that when you get married, that your spouse is a sinner. <laughs> now, you wouldn't think you'd have to say that, but really you do because there's some that grow up naive thinking that this woman, she's so beautiful and she's got the perfect figure, whatever a perfect figure is. And then she's got that perfect figure in their eyes. And then they're just perfect all the way around. But then, you know, when they wake up and then her hair is over here and her eyelashes are over here and her nails is over here, then he begins to think, wait a second, I didn't marry all of these. <laughs> you know, that, that happens. So don't be shocked when, when he or she, you find out that they're a sinner. I mean, all are sinners. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God. The Bible teaches that. So don't, don't expect your spouse to be sinless. But let, let's, as sinners, get our hearts right with God. But your spouse is going to goof up and mess up. But the truth is, the only person you can marry is a sinner. Isn't that right? You say, I'm so sick and tired of him. I'm, you know, I'm just going to divorce this sinner and I'm going to go find me somebody else. But if you go find you somebody else, you're just going to go find you another sinner. That's all's out there, all sinners. The only one that was sinless was Jesus Christ and they nailed him to a cross and he's up at the right hand of God the Father right now. So he's not available. Now you want to get saved, then you can marry him that way. Uh, Spiritually, you marry Jesus Christ. But I'm talking about physically, if you're looking for a spouse, there's no sinless people on this earth. Now, if you got rid of him, you just go get you another sinner. You see, we're born a sinner. We sin as we live and you sin even after you're married. So a spouse who is a real friend will be a friend even when they are a sinner. Number six, man, these are going pretty fast. I didn't mean for them to go so fast. I wanted you to get your money's worth this morning. (laughs) Number six, friends show themselves friendly. Now, we've already talked about that. In Proverbs 18 and verse number 24, the Bible says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. So we ought to be kind. We ought to be gentle. We ought to be compassionate and tender toward each other in our marriage. Now, some men will open up a door for another lady and wouldn't open up the door for their own, husband, or own wife. Isn't that something? You see, you ought to treat your wife as a queen because of your home, she is the queen. And you ought to treat your spouse better than you do other people. That's what we talked about. That's the most important relationship that you have. I mean, some men are real jerks to their wives. Hey, while you're in there, give me this. You know what? I wouldn't get it for you. Or maybe I would. Oh, you want iced tea, do you? Sure. Here you go. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So that's how problems are caused, isn't it? 
See, if you'll be gentle and you'll be kind, that stuff won't happen. You see, you've got to be careful about that because friends must show themselves friendly according to Proverbs 18 and verse number 24. So really, our wives deserve the best treatment. Your husband deserves your kindest verbal and physical attention. And when a husband says no, it ought to be mixed with love at the, to the point that you know, she knows that you're not saying it just to hurt him. Women heal slower than men, don't they? That's just a given. I mean, men and women are different. We're different. We're different creatures, and we, we're just different all the way around. I mean, women heal slower. I mean, you, 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 can, you can apologize to them, but going to them within five minutes may not be enough time for her to get over it. Because, you know, you're just like... That's five minutes ago, you know, as a guy, just hurry up and get over this stuff here. What are you hanging on to this stuff for? Get on with it, you know. That's the way we are. I mean, you take, uh, you know, two young boys that are out on, you know, on the playground at school and, and they're fighting. And then two hours later, they're in, on the basketball court on the same team playing basketball together. But you take two little young girls on, uh, you know, on the playground, they get into it. And she remembers it when she's 70 years old. Yeah, I remember that, Kathy, that day on the playground. She ain't never forgot it for 60 years. That's women, right? <laughs> okay, now we're preaching. Yeah. <laughs> you know, women are to look different, aren't they? They're to walk different. Women are to smell different. And so we should show ourselves friendly to the point that we understand the difference between a husband and a wife. Maybe what a, maybe what a wife would want to do is she understands that her husband likes fishing, so maybe she doesn't really care for it, but she goes with him. Or maybe she likes... And I'm going to say this as, as gagging as I can. Maybe, maybe she likes gardening. <laughs> and maybe you as men want to garden with her. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not big on gardening and that kind of thing, you know, as far as the flowers and all that stuff. I, I, if, you, if you like it, that's you. But, but me, I'm just not a big flower person. I can, I can have these flower pots and they look all beautiful. And then two days later, they've turned brown and they're crispy and they're falling apart, you know. And then my wife, she's even worse with them. So you can see. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. We just learn one another and we don't go out and buy a bunch of flowers together. <laughs> That's how we handle that. <laughs> Number seven, friends should not gossip to friends. Gossip's wrong, isn't it? Whispering, backbiting, all that. That's wrong. Uh, spouses should not gossip to each other. Proverbs 16 and verse number 28 says, A froward man soweth strife and a whisperer separateth, separateth chiefest friends or chief friends. You see, gossiping's main effect is to separate. That's what gossip does. It separates. So if you're in the church and you do this and you gossip, then you're destroying the church. Every time you open your mouth and you talk bad about somebody or negative about somebody, you know what you're doing? You're causing separation and you're causing problems is what you're doing. You're causing separation and division. So don't gossip. If you're married, don't gossip to your spouse. Don't gossip to each other and don't gossip about each other to others. Not to parents. Here's one of the things. She'll run, to, she'll run to mama. Mama, he just, you know, he throws his socks this way and throws his britches that way and throws his shirt that way. I can't even keep the house clean. And then he don't have the time mow the yard. And he won't take the trash out. I just don't know what to do with him. You know, and you're gossiping to your mother about your husband. That's wrong. Shouldn't happen. You ought to be talking to your husband about those things. Or how about the husband goes to his mama? Mom, you ain't gonna believe this. I mean, she just don't cook like you do. I mean, she burns the biscuits. She makes them, I like them just on a little bit on the doughy side, but she burns them, you know, makes them crisp and hard. And then, you know, just burns the gravy. And then she just can't cook like you do, mom. Oh, and mom, she just, she just don't clean the house like you do either. 
You know, and, and he's got his socks hanging from the lampshade. You know what I mean? But she don't clean like me. Yeah, mama don't. You know, mama went around and cleaned your room up. And you think when you got married, you got a mama when you married it. That ain't the way it works either. Pick up your own socks. Pick up your own clothes. And if you're too lazy for that, then they deserve to sit there and not be washed. I don't know. That's my opinion, but I don't have any Bible for it, but it makes for good opinion preaching. <laughs> but don't gossip to your parents. Don't gossip to your children and don't gossip to your friends. Some people's marriage is so messed up because they talk about things they shouldn't and things that you don't have all the facts about. There's people that'll gossip about, they don't have all the facts. I, I, I've got people that'll, they'll, they'll make little insinuations because they don't want to cross a boundary, so they'll make insinuations, but I can read through them. I'm not stupid. I can read through them. And what it is is they don't have all the facts. And so they want to get those insinuations in, and they don't have all the facts. No matter even if it's a good thing. Now, the preacher can do the best thing he possibly can do, but somebody's, they're going to see it from one side, and they're just going to make their insinuations, and all that is is to get their jab in. I'll let them. Let them go ahead. Because if you say something, they're going to say, well, I wasn't talking about that. Oh, yeah, I bet you wasn't. But anyway, we'll move on. I digress. That's the way gossip works. Why? It divides. See that? It divides. It'll put a divider between you and your pastor. It'll put a divider between you and another church member. And it will put a divider between a husband and a wife. Amen. Am I preaching right this morning? Amen. Amen. I believe I'm helping you. I think. I hope. Anyway, friends should not gossip to friends. And then, last of all, number eight. Physical abuse and uncontrollable anger should not be present in a marriage. Physical abuse and uncontrollable anger should not be present in a marriage. Proverbs 22 and verse 24 says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go. Remember I said at the beginning of the message that you get to choose your friends? And that's exactly what I'm talking about right here. Now, some are already married to someone that's violent, and I'm sorry about that. There's nothing that I can do about that. That's between you and God on that, and you'll just have to pray about it and pray for them. But some young person needs to watch your friends as you're going to school. As you're going to school, you need to see your friends and you need to watch them. See how they respond when things go their way. See how they respond when things don't go their way. And you watch their ups and you watch their downs, and you see if they're violent. And if they're violent, you say, I don't want that as my friend. I don't need that in my circle. Maybe you want to mentally draw a circle and there's only so many friends that you're going to have in that circle because the other ones are violent. They get angry. They gossip. They talk about others, whatever it might be. But you want to needle that thing down to a certain point to where you only have so many people as your friend that fit in that circle. I mean, I wish I could tell you that everybody could be your friend, but it doesn't work that way. Everybody can't be your friend. See if they're angry. If they are, you don't need that friendship. One of the worst things is to be married to somebody that's got anger issues. I remember one time I counseled with a guy and he literally would just snap like that right there. And he, I went over to their house to, to, to counsel with them. And when I, when, when I got there, he literally peeled the paper off the drywall. He was so angry with his own fingernails. That's far too gone, my friend. That's too angry right there. You don't need to marry somebody like that. And sadly enough, there's people that just, just a drop of the hat, they anger like that, and you're like, what in the world did I do? You know? I mean, I have no clue, and maybe it wasn't anything you done. That's just the way they are. And so before I would marry somebody like that, I'd make sure they get that right. Well, I wouldn't marry anybody like that at all anyway, but you want to make sure that they're, they don't have those characteristics, and you get caught up in that thing, and the next thing you know, it's not only you're throw, she's throwing stuff, you're throwing stuff, and the next thing you know, it just piles on. 
But we shouldn't be throwing. We joke about that, don't we? About throwing stuff, you know? You know, you ought to throw the, dish, throw the dishes and stuff like that. But truthfully, you shouldn't be throwing anything. Truthfully, the only thing I want my wife throwing at me is her kisses. Yeah. That's all I want her throwing at me. Married people shouldn't be hitting each other. You know what you ought to do? You ought to go to your room. Or if you're a man, go to the garage or wherever it is. Don't hop in your car and peel out of the driveway and take off and she's not knowing where you went. In her mind, the devil's going to create something in her mind and she's going to begin to think, you know, wonder who he's going to. See, is it another woman? I don't know. So you ought to go to the other room, go to the garage or wherever you have to go, but don't, don't just peel out of the driveway like that. Somebody said, well, my kids just have a bad spirit. Well, I wonder where they learned it. Maybe they learned it in the home. Maybe that's where they learned that thing. Maybe probably watching how we treat our spouse. If a child grows up seeing daddy beat mommy, then guess what? He probably thinks it's okay when he gets married to beat his spouse too. And it's not okay. It's not okay. If your little girl sees that you got a little smart mouth on you and a sharp tongue when you reply to your husband, then guess what? She's going to think it's okay to have a little smart mouth on her and reply to her husband the same way. You see, we're teaching our children whether we think we're teaching them or not. And maybe that's one of the biggest problems in our society today. In a marriage, there should be no physical abuse and there should be no uncontrollable anger. You see, if you want your marriage to be a good marriage, then you're going to have to learn to be friends. Why? Because the Bible says in our text, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 24, he says, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes, if you will, please.